Hi, this is Maria. This is Sarah. And welcome to The The Ridge Podcast. Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back. This is our third and final discussion on boundaries. And we are really privileged today to be able to have... Absolutely. Some of you might not know, but Dr... Dave Stoker. Thank you. Yes. So um, he, we invited him today because he is actually, uh, he has a doctorate in clinical psychology. Right. Yeah. And he spent a lot of his, well, all of his career um, working at two locations, Pine Rest and Bethany Christian Services, correct? Yeah. So what, what was it? You said 33 years? 33 years at Pine Rest. That's yeah. right. The last 33 years. Well, I've been retired for a few now. But, yeah. Right. But yeah. I started off at Bethany and then went and got the doctor's degree and came back and Pine Rest said, hey, we'd like to have you work for us. And I said, I'd like to work with you. And it was a great 33 years. Mm. That's great. So, so you're really like... This is, a, this is a comfortable topic for you. <laughs> it sure is. Well, as a matter of fact, um, boundaries is extremely crucial to mental health. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to set boundaries suggests good mental health, and the ability to accept boundaries mm-hmm. suggests good mental health. That's a good clarification. So, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So if you are just now uh, joining us in this discussion, we've had two other... Uh, conversations about boundaries. And so we started out in boundaries with God mm-hmm. and talking about, um, you know, the the two things really that um, God creates work for us that only we can do. Um, and God also accepts our no. So when God, uh, you know, he's never going to push us further than what we're, we're going to take on. Um, but then also that God has work that only God can do. Right. And, um, and we need to respect God's no. So that was our first uh, discussion. Yeah. And then we moved into talking about boundaries with children yeah. and parenting, which that was a great, that was a great conversation because we've got, between the two of us, we've got quite a few issues <laughs> <laughs> running the gamut. Yeah, there's a lot we're dealing with. You know, so, but I think that's, you know, the boundaries and parenting. It's not just, um, you know, parenting your younger children. It's also, you know, children with their parents. There's boundary mm-hmm. things there too. And, um, and so today, when we, when we kind of bring it all full circle, we really want to close with the discussion of, um, you know, how do we have boundaries in friendships and extended family, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with our parents and with our um, church family, with our siblings, uh, with our spouses, you know, it, it goes sure. across the board. And so... Um, we wanted to spend some time talking about that. And that's kind of a broad, that's a broad area. area. Um, But once you have some really, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but once you have some fundamentals of boundaries, then really they, you can apply them across the board. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to talk about a few of those today. Yeah. So that, I, I like that thought, Maria, because then if we talk about how to set boundaries in certain situations, which I think will probably come up today, um, you can use those as prototypes for other situations in which you mm-hmm. might exist. Yeah. So yeah. Use the same idea. Yeah. So Sarah, what do you think about all of this? <laughs> I, she always loves it when I, when I'm like, what do you think Sarah? <laughs> she likes putting me on the spot. Um, right. See, and even this is a good example because now you have the opportunity to set a boundary even right here. I'm not talking to you, Maria. <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew it. Just, but, I knew it. <laughs> no, see, but right. I mean, because when you are out in a social situation, somebody is going to do exactly what you mm-hmm. did, Maria, to, mm-hmm. to you, and they are going to put you in a position where, well, do I want to respond to that or not? And the real key is, how do I want to respond? Right. And that is your choice. You're free to... So, anyway... You, yeah. br- you bringing that up, Dave, is interesting because it just jogged a memory of something that had happened to Brady in our neighborhood when he was he was quite a bit younger. Um, he had a uh, he was at a friend's house and he had a, a neighbor's wife ask him if he thought she was overweight. Oh, and he had come home. He was rattled by it. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. He said, you know, I didn't want to hurt her feelings by saying, yeah, I think so. And he's like, I was really uncomfortable ans- ans- answering that question. And I said to him, that is not your, you don't have to answer anything from anyone mm-hmm. that you are uncomfortable with. You, you don't, that's not your responsibility to do that, you know? So I, saying that because we had to talk about that kind of boundary. I've had that. Yeah. I've had that discussion with my kids before because even, even Haley has had people make her uncomfortable with questions or comments. Mm-hmm. So I know this is going back to actually the last podcast that we had yeah. uh, boundaries in, in kids and families. But um, that just reminded me of that. That yeah. even our kids need to know that you're not obligated to answer an adult if they're making you uncomfortable. Right. Right? Right. And so here you brought up two really good things here, Sarah. First of all, you brought up the essence of of boundary setting, and that is what is your comfort zone? Where do you feel comfortable? And Brady said it perfectly. I didn't feel comfortable answering that question. Right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. So therefore we know because right away you can tell if your boundary is being pushed because you get that discomfort. Right. Or sometimes you might respond with anger. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you might respond with freezing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you might respond with sadness. Mm-hmm. All kinds of different but strong emotional reactions. So Brady's response tells you right there a boundary had been pushed. And so then the question mm-hmm. is Brady's coming to mom and saying, so mom, how do I respond in that mm-hmm. situation? Mm-hmm. Perfect. And so maybe we can talk about even that right now, because then you can put, use that example in other situations that might come oh, up sure. in our lives. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's your feeling on that then? Well, I think Brady actually answered his own question mm-hmm. because f- first of all, Brady's not a physician, so he can't answer that question. <laughs> right, right. Right. Good point. Right. And so... One thing that you can always think about is, am I qualified to answer that question? Mm-hmm. Um, but the second thing is, and Brady would, what he said was perfect. I'm not comfortable answering that question. Thank you for mm-hmm. asking, though. I appreciate that. So that way you can maintain the relationship or at least come across on your side as being accepting of the person, but still say, I prefer not to answer that question mm-hmm. or I'm uncomfortable answering that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I think, um, you know, we might look at the this, this situation and think, well, he was too young to answer that way. But really, you're never too young to answer right. in that way. Um, and you're never too young to be apparently asked questions that make you very uncomfortable. Right, right. And so I've got an example that came to mind here. Um, you know, Charlotte, my daughter, she's six. She's going to be six in two weeks. Woo. Wow. Um, I know. And uh, like the fact that I even have a like I like I'm old enough to have a six year old. I know, <laughs> but I know. But for me, I'm like reaching a moment here. <laughs> she's she's moving past her formative years of development. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Um, but uh, you know, she's we we put her in dance, and um, 
and it, it, their very first time in dance, it's for it was for five to eight year olds, and um, and she went in there, and uh, you know now it's it's so hard because you can't see faces because everybody's got to wear a mask, and so it's you really are reminded that being able to see somebody's face really indicates how they're feeling about a situation. Right, so sure. there was this little boy in there who was eight. Um, and much, much bigger than her. And he had some behavioral issues. Um, and I didn't realize it right away because I thought they were playing because I couldn't see her face, but he was bullying her. Mm-hmm. And he was getting in her space and he was um, making her very uncomfortable. And so when I finally realized what was going on, I had to um, check in with myself because what I wanted to do was slam the, the window and say, what do you think you're doing to my daughter? <laughs> You know, but then I had to remind myself, okay, so what is, what will this make my daughter feel like? Okay, I don't want to embarrass my daughter. So I, and I'm not sure what's happening. So I had to wait until um, she came out and check with her and say, was that boy making you feel uncomfortable? And so Mm -hmm. at six years old, well, five technically, I had to have the conversation with my daughter about how do you identify your boundaries? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's never too early. Right. Um, and what was really uh, an indication to me that, that a boundary had been crossed is that she said to me, I didn't feel safe. safe. Yes. Yes. Yep. And, and actually that was Brady's response too. It made him uncomfortable to the point where he did not want to go back to that home. Right. And Charlotte didn't want to go back to dance. Mm-hmm. And so um, so as a mother, it was really a challenging time for me because one, I had to I had to recognize my own emotions in that. Um, and uh, so that I could then not cross and project my emotions onto her, cross a boundary and project my emotions onto her. Um, and then I had to also really understand how it made her feel and not minimize that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but so that was a really great, um, it was hard. It was very difficult. Um, and I still am like, man, I could just take that kid right out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but what we ended up doing is she was able to communicate to me that she felt unsafe. We went in, we talked with the teacher, we talked with the manager. They were able to tell her, well, this boy will never bother you. We will make sure that he's no longer around you. And then we were able to, after a couple of days say, well, maybe we should try dance one more time mm-hmm. because if you don't like dance because you don't like dance, that's one thing. If you don't like dance because somebody is making you feel uncomfortable, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tried it. She didn't like it. We're done with dance. But the boundary was set in place. Right, and right. she knows that she can say to me now, I don't feel safe. Right. And, that, and I can help her work through that. Um, so I don't think there's ever an age where it you know, we, boundaries happen right at the very beginning. Yeah. We, te- we need to teach that to our children right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Dave? Well, I think that's a, a good example of what we were talking about before, what you feel when a boundary has been crossed. And mm-hmm. I don't feel safe ex- is exactly, um, well, children especially are going to say that, but adults as well are going mm-hmm. to also feel unsafe in situations when boundaries are being mm-hmm. crossed. For sure. And what your daughter did there, again, was instead of just keeping it inside, Mm -hmm. she came and said something to you. So she had a boundary. She wasn't exactly sure that that's what you call it or any of that kind of thing that we're talking about. But she knew she didn't feel safe. And so when she felt unsafe, she made a response Mm -hmm. that she could control. And what was that response? She went and talked to mom about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. 
And so a lot of times for children, that is a um, response that they can control rather than, and that's really important in setting boundaries is Mm -hmm. a response that you can control. You don't tell the other person to change Mm -hmm. because you have no control over that and you lose power. One of the most important things in boundary setting is keeping the power, keeping the control. Mm -hmm. And so it's always a response that you're in charge of, so to speak. Right. Right. And that little boy could not prevent her in any way from going to talk to mom right. about the situation. And he couldn't control mom from talking to the teacher mm-hmm. or the little girl right. from talking to the teacher. And so, yes, so you decide what response you can make that you can control, and then you go and make that response. Mm-hmm. And you know where the boundary is. And you helped her define the boundary, Maria, at that right. point. What he did to you made you feel unsafe. Ah, your boundary was crossed. Right. That's when Mm -hmm. you take some action. Mm -hmm. Right. And so boundaries are really empowering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because once once you do become aware of where your boundary is, you feel empowered to then hold that boundary. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what you said was really important is we can't, we can't, we're not in charge of other people. Again, it goes back to what are we responsible for and what are Mm -hmm. we not responsible for? We can't change somebody's reaction. Um, We can't, you know, we... We really can't. We can't change a behavior. Um, and so when we set boundaries, it's important for us to recognize that the boundary is completely for ourselves. Right. You know? And that resonates really deeply with what our family is walking through right now. Yeah. We've got some family members on Brian's side of the family there that are struggling with some really severe issues. Um, it's a family that we've, you know, we, we had seen very often several times a week for the last, since we've been married, you mm-hmm. know, um, but there's a, there's a terrible situation going on at their home right now where I didn't feel the kids were safe. Yeah. Um, Brian and I were having some really hard feelings about what's going on over there. Yeah. Um, just a lot of disrespect and some other things. And so for a personality like mine, it's hard to set that boundary because I don't want to hurt anybody. And mm-hmm. that goes back to what we see in this, yeah. in this book, but I had to, and maybe this will help somebody else. I had to keep telling myself that we are not the issue and I need to be able to step away and protect who I'm responsible for, which mm-hmm. would be myself and my kids. Mm-hmm. And Brian, I, of course, had the conversation to just take a step back and create a boundary that says, hey, we're not going to come over anymore, mm-hmm. but you guys are welcome here. Yeah. If you want to come to our house where we can kind of you know, control what's happening in our own home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's been, that's been a hard thing for you. That's been tough. It's mm-hmm. been ongoing for a while. The boundary was set just six months or so, not even six months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's ongoing and it's tough. And, you know, you have those doubts in the back of your mind. Am I doing the right thing? Right. Am I, well, I'm, am I'm I being saying, selfish? Right. Am I being selfish? We right. talked about that a little bit this morning before the podcast. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, in boundary setting, I think um, that sometimes people think that when they set a boundary, it's a one-and-done deal. You know, like, if I set this boundary, everybody should just be aware, and I won't have to, I won't have to enforce it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but very often, especially when it comes to family and friends, mm-hmm. um, we set a boundary, and then we are then responsible for holding that boundary for however long it takes until the behavior change happens. Right. Sometimes the behavior change doesn't happen. So you're enforcing that boundary forever, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, but it's very difficult because you, what I've seen a lot of is that you will set a boundary and then, um, then nothing will, nothing will change. Behavior will not change. Um, but you are, you're suffering 
as a result of holding the boundary too, because you know, like, um, for like for an example, like your kids might really enjoy their kids, you know, and right. and they don't understand why, and right. so you're forced to constantly reconcile: Am I making the right choice? Yes. Is this better for my children to be able right. to go and see them, even if I have to suffer a little bit? And so, um, establishing boundaries is not it, it. It can feel like it's not cut and dry. But um, but that's where really understanding how you feel about a situation, where your control is, and what your desired outcome is. And mm-hmm. we talked about that last we week too, right? Like, what is our desired outcome? And if your desired outcome is to um, see behavior change in them, then you might be setting yourself up for failure right. and disappointment. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, because you can't control the other person's behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. been a hard... I think initially with the setting the boundary, there was a hope there that maybe they'll see that we're not coming around anymore and there'll be a change. But I think ultimately we've realized that it's just been, it's just been better mm-hmm. for our family just mm-hmm. to have that boundary in place, you know, Yeah. at least, you know, and we can always take the boundary and move it once mm-hmm. it's the situation becomes healthy. But right. for now it's, it is what it is. It's just, I know there are some families and some, some people listening that, are yeah. struggling with the same thing. And then the, the guilt aspect is terrible because you feel you feel bad for having to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I that has been hard for me. Um, th- these family members are, for the most part, they're just wonderful people, but right. the situation at their home is not healthy. Right. You know, so what you do, you feel just kind of, you feel kind of guilty about that. And I think that that is what prevents some of us from, creating a boundary Mm -hmm. this boundary should have been put in place a while ago yeah yeah you know and I think it's the guilt that makes us hesitate or live with certain situations Mm -hmm. um because I take on the feelings of and and this book boundaries talks about that but I consider the emotions of the people that this boundary is going to affect Mm-hmm. you know, and take that into consideration and feel guilty because I'm creating sadness for them by putting a boundary in place, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not appropriate at all because that's not what I'm responsible for. And we've talked about that. Yeah. However, it's still it's just reality. That is how I feel. Yeah. Yep. Dave, thoughts? Well, what you're talking about when you say the guilt, Sarah, is you're talking about the broad category of you have the self-doubts. And so again... Um, when you start doubting yourself, that means it's time for you to look at the boundary. And I would suggest that what you do is, yeah, you take some time and look at the boundaries, make a pros and cons list Mm -hmm. um, with the Mm -hmm. suggestions that you came up with, Maria. Mm -hmm. The pros of setting this boundary, the cons of setting this boundary, what are the consequences going to be for you and others affected, Mm -hmm. and what you are willing to tolerate. And then... And you do this um, at a time when you're not under any pressure. Like right. maybe um, sit down on an evening when you and your husband are both in a good mood. You're both very relaxed. Um, you haven't had really tough days. Um, and you sit and discuss the boundary. What boundary do we want to set? And then how do we want to enforce that boundary? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What step will we take if that boundary is crossed? Mm-hmm. Then once you've decided on it in a non-pressured situation like that, your discussion with your husband, then you go and the next time that boundary is come close to being crossed or is crossed, then you say to the person, 
Um, let me explain something to you. Or I'd like to let you know that I'm very uncomfortable when you do that, and I'd like to tell you where my boundary is. Mm -hmm. And if this does happen again, this is the step we're going to take. We mm -hmm. love you. We care about you. We want to maintain the relationship, but it's too uncomfortable for me when this happens. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. Well, and that brings up another thing, too, is that when you are establishing boundaries, it's very important that you know what that boundary is clearly and that you can communicate it clearly. Right. Because sometimes what we do is we set boundaries with people and we don't actually tell them mm -hmm. what that boundary is. Well, it's interesting you bring up that point because with this situation, we have part of the family that will not discuss it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So to be able to communicate that is difficult because they don't want to discuss it. Right. So what we've done is put the boundary in place, and it's been more action-oriented, or mm -hmm. lack thereof, I guess, mm -hmm. because we're staying home now. Right. Um, and it's been an obvious boundary, but we haven't been able to discuss it because of their lack of interest mm -hmm. to you do so. You can't discuss it with them. Correct. Correct. But you were able to let them know what your boundary was. Well, they saw the boundary. We tried having a discussion that did not go well, mm. right? Well, and this so we weren't, we weren't able to fully have the conversation. It ended very abruptly. Mm. So, so the boundary went in place after the conversation or partial conversation, and it was an obvious boundary, what was going on, but we haven't discussed it since. So they're feeling the boundary and they're seeing the boundary because there's been some distance there now. Um, but they're unwilling, part of, part of the family is unwilling to discuss exactly why it's in place. They know because we've had lots of conversations over the last two years about what's going on over there, mm -hmm. but they're not willing to discuss it and come to any kind of understanding Correct. of why we've done what we've done. And that is such an important part of setting boundaries, Sarah. Mm. It's not part of setting boundaries that the other person understands. It's not a part of setting boundaries to even explain Mm -hmm. or to get into a discussion about it. Mm -hmm. The important thing to do is, and it's best to keep it as brief and concise and clear, like you were saying, as possible. When the event happens, when the boundary is crossed the first time, you just state, this is what happened, this is the boundary, and this is what we will do in the future. And yeah, actually boundaries don't work very well if you get into lengthy discussions or explanations mm. and things like that. Okay. Yep. Um, it gets muddled, gets too much information. People mm -hmm. understand the boundary best. Yes, you're probably going to find that they will be offended. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. Mm -hmm. And so what you are going to have to work out is how do you handle it when other people feel offended, even though you have clearly gone through this process Marie and I were just talking about of making sure that this is a boundary you, you want to set and why you want to set it. You're the only one that has to really know that. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's tough, you know, like feeling like you're responsible for their, the offense, I mm -hmm. guess. Yes. Um, it's something that has been a growing experience for me personally, because I've had to realize that I'm not responsible for how they feel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really that has been you know, we've done it well. I mean, I think when you handle a situation poorly, you feel a lot more guilty or a lot more responsibility for mm -hmm. how you made that person feel because of mm -hmm. your reaction, right? But it was not handled poorly at all. We, I felt like we handled it very well. So yeah. I've okay. been able to largely let that go. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the Bible, too, when we talk about conflict, right? Because setting a boundary in, is really... Um, Addressing conflict. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so... And, when, when, and we've talked about this before, but... Um, you know, when you, when you have, when you experience conflict, the Bible says that you go to that person, you know, exactly. and, and you try and resolve the issue. Yeah, Matthew, and then, it, and then right. if it 
if you can't, right. you take someone Then you set you. a boundary mm-hmm. and you bring somebody with you. Right. And then if that still doesn't work, then you're released from that, from the obligation of trying to work it out. You know, like it's, it, and so this, this is, the Bible does give an example of yeah. setting boundaries. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we were, if we follow that, then, and that's across the board, that's in, that's in our work environments, mm-hmm. that's in our families and mm-hmm. our friendships. Um, but we miss that piece. We miss that that piece. Because it's so much easier. It's just like that article I saw, and I posted it on Facebook. The article that I saw on um, Facebook recently, someone had called into News Channel 3 and reported Madawan for sitting three kids to a bus. They thought it was unsafe. Well, rather than... So my kids ride that bus, and they're Mm -hmm. wearing masks. And I know Madawan is doing everything that they can to keep these kids safe. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like any other school in the district. So Mm -hmm. what was the point of calling News Channel 3. Someone wasn't taking the steps to just address it directly. Mm-hmm. It was a lot easier to, in my opinion, I think it was kind of cowardly, to call News Channel 3 and say, hey, can you investigate this and making a big deal, a mountain out of a molehill, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. It bothered me because that's not the way to handle things. It's just not. However, when we talk about Matthew, um, it is it is referencing believers dealing with believers. Right. Correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... As believers, we still need to be guided by Matthew mm-hmm. in, in, in the process of confrontation. Yep. But that expectation is not on the unbelievers that we deal with, right? Would you say that's true? Right. We can't make an expectation for unbelievers. Right. But I think it does give us a very good example of how we should approach the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can use that as a guide for our approaching with each other mm-hmm. first one-on-one and then bring the elders with us right yes i think it's a good approach to use with unbelievers as well where we go to that person kindly because then they that's a christian testimony For, on our and part. Remodeling, right yes modeling, modeling behavior exactly right. right and follow the same process they may not go along with it that's okay that's not still it's not our responsibility right mm-hmm yeah. And it's and it's tricky, I think, to when we start talking. And this is why I wanted to bring this up for when it comes to Christian relationships as well, is because not all Christians are healthy. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, just because right. you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're healthy mm-hmm. in your mental health or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so, um, yes. and I think that's a really difficult thing to to reconcile, um, you know, especially when we talk about uh, relationships that we have in the church body. And how many times do we hear that um, people have left the church because of somebody else or they've um, not agreed with what something like some behavior or the youth group was doing something and that they weren't supposed to. And so we're taking our kids out, you know, and and um, and then they haven't handled they've set boundaries, but they're not appropriate boundaries. And um, and then it, and then it gets that's when it gets a little tricky mm. or when it comes to serving in the church, you know, we've got people who are just over serving and then they get burnt out uh, because they didn't have appropriate boundaries oh, right. Yeah. Right. or, or church leaders who just expect everybody to do, to volunteer and do all these things hey, I when, do. They've, when they've got, <laughs> when they've got their own lives and responsibilities that they're called right. to, you know? Um, and so it, so it's not a, I mean, it's, it's all encompassing boundaries are mm-hmm. boundaries are, Crucial. They're crucial for relationships and healthy relationships. Our Pastor Mark sermons all archived because I remember a few years ago, Pastor Mark preached a terrific sermon. I couldn't tell you when or even how long ago, but he preached a terrific sermon on exactly that topic of how some of us um, over volunteer 
in the, the church setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, as uncomfortable as it is, it is appropriate to set boundaries. He said, you know, I mean, he, he jokes about it because he likes people um, to help out at church, to be volunteer and mm-hmm. to do as much as they can. Certainly as a pastor, I would expect him to, to want as much from us as he can possibly want from us. Right. But at the same time, um, the sermon was just terrific on setting boundaries and yeah. serving in church. And it should come right. from a place of genuine love mm-hmm. for the Lord and wanting to serve the church. And if it doesn't come from that place, I think that's maybe when uh, mm-hmm. there are the feelings of yes. resentment. Guilt. Right? And mm-hmm. guilt. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, just recognizing that too, especially with that situation. Yeah, and so I think the book even talks about that, doesn't it? It does. There was a specific situation. Let me just find this really quick. So it's talking about the law of motivation. So for those of you who are not aware, we've been really reading into this book, Boundaries. And it talks about in this book, the 10 laws of boundaries. And law number five is the law of motivation. Um, And it says here at the bottom of this, this page, it says the law of motivation says this, freedom first service second. If you serve to get free of your fear, you are doomed to failure. Mm -hmm. Let God work on the fears, resolve them, and create some healthy boundaries to guard the freedom Mm -hmm. you were called to. Mm -hmm. And I think that often the fear that we have as Christians is that we're not doing enough. And that if we don't do everything, that people are going to look at us and judge us, Mm -hmm. um, or we're somehow failing God. And so it's, it's up to us and it goes back to, again, you know, what are we responsible for? What has God created us to do? You know, God has not created me to be a uh, children's minister. He has not done that. What? (laughs) You know, like as much as I, I love kids and I can counsel kids and all of that. Uh, I am not that. That's not that's my skill set. Best job in the world. That, but you know, it is for Sarah. Yeah. You know, oh, so yes, you I are so it. terrific at I it. I love it. So yeah. I'm not going to. Um, uh, I will serve in the children's ministry as like a leader. You know, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, Sarah. I know what's best here. I'm just gonna take <laughs> this on for you, and um, and you know, like, and try and step into that role because it's not my role, um, and so I have to recognize that first. Um, and I had talked about this before when I first came on staff here, how uh, I felt like I needed to get my fingers in everything, yep. mm-hmm. um, and part of that was that I had an unclear expectation of what exactly my role was, um, to nobody's fault, but just, you know, in general. And then, then the other part of it was just my natural personality tendency to just jump in, jump in and take control. So I had to set boundaries for myself, Mm -hmm. um, saying, this is what I'm responsible for, what God has called me to do. Mm -hmm. And then I had to, I still have to work to let other things go, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is difficult. Um, let's talk for a second. Speaking of that, let's yeah. talk for a second about comfortable boundaries. Yeah. So we know that boundaries are, uh, Dave, you want to share this, this cartoon real quick? Oh, because I yeah. have something I'd like to say about that. So you really? want to share that real fast? This is a great cartoon. For those of you who don't know, Dave here is a, is a comedian slash magician just slash awesome children's leader. That's right. And kids. So of course he wow. comes to the podcast today prepared with a comic strip. <laughs> and now you can see why I had no choice but to say yes, because with all that kind of flattery, <laughs> <laughs> that's the pay I get. So 
Anyway, this is um, a cartoon that I just happened to see about two days after Maria asked if I'd be willing to participate in the... That's called in, Holy Spirit? In the <laughs> well, I do believe in that. Yeah, yeah sure. Actually. And uh, it's the high and lows cartoon that you find in your uh, comic strips. And it's the two little, I don't know if you can see this or not. Um, Probably not. But there, there it is. <laughs> it's the little brother and sister. And the little sister is sitting on the couch, apparently watching TV. And the brother, he's wanting to get involved with his sister. And so the little boy comes up to his sister and says, want to go outside and toss football? And she comes back and says, it's not in my comfort zone. <laughs> and if you stop and think about it, that is a terrific boundary-setting response. Mm -hmm. It's very short. She doesn't explain. She doesn't argue. She doesn't tell him what to do or anything like that. She just says, it's not in my comfort mm -hmm. zone. Perfect boundary-setting response. So he comes back and says, how about a Frisbee? It's not in my comfort zone. Want to ride bikes? It's not in my comfort zone. She's staying the course. <laughs> Tag? It's not in my comfort zone. And he's getting more down and out and getting discouraged. And she could feel really guilty and really bad about mm -hmm. what she's doing to her brother here, right? Mm -hmm. and, and maybe not cross or maybe let uh, her boundary be crossed. But then he says, checkers? Not in my comfort zone. And now he's like, oh, man, what do I do? <laughs> so finally he says, so where is your comfort zone? And then she breaks down and she says, any place without you in it. Yes. <laughs> so then she finally lost it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's right. So what you're saying is that last response isn't an appropriate response. No, def <laughs> definitely not. No, because now she used a use statement. Mm -hmm. And we can maybe talk about those later on um, mm -hmm. and how to set boundaries. But um, right, she now she attacked him. Yeah. Right. Any place without you. And she put him down. And that's not what you do when you set boundaries. Right. But right. saying it's not in my comfort zone is perfect. Well, in the comfort zone was what I was just about to talk about. Um, so with a boundary, is it appropriate? Let me, and this is a question for both of you. Is it is it appropriate to have boundaries that are just comfortable? Because I do realize that sometimes, for example, you're talking about serving. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people say to me, well, I'm just not comfortable mm -hmm. serving in children's or I'm just not comfortable being in that leadership position. But let me tell you something. Every time I've said that, it seems like the Lord calls me to it mm -hmm. and stretches me mm -hmm. and that boundary stretches. Right. And that's how we grow. So what would you say about that? Uh, well, I am so glad you brought this up, Sarah, because first of all, that is that person's right to set that boundary. Whether mm -hmm. or not they should feel comfortable, that's between them and God at that point. And we have no idea what is going on in their life. And so that is a good thing for them to say. If they are a willing to listen to God and to grow in their life, mm -hmm. they'll probably do what you did and say, um, well, maybe I need to think about that. And you can say, sure, I respect that. And... Um, but someday, if you ever feel comfortable or if God mm -hmm. would lead you to be comfortable or if you want to push your comfort zone a little bit, I'm here to help you um, with that. I know we had one of the leaders give a, a, a devotional about his own personal life here. That was excellent. Recently and talk about his comfort level and how he, but again, see, he is trying to grow in the Lord. And right, he and pushes himself mm -hmm. beyond the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And... Um, if I can just quickly go back a few years ago, we used to do dramas here on a regular basis. That pushes a lot of people's comfort zones, mm -hmm. very, very much so, that whole stage fright. But a lot of people, even though 
they would be up all night the night before the drama and even throwing up all night before the drama. Oh, my goodness. They pushed themselves. (laughs) They wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And they were willing to um, experience that discomfort to do the drama because they felt it was important to get the message across that the Lord wanted to get across. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I would not say, well, you need to come and do the drama even though you don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And this person's husband came to me one time and says, Dave, please don't ask my wife to do any more dramas because I can't stand it when (laughs) she's up all night the night before. But it was her choice whether or not to be in the dramas. And she wanted to anyway. Well, and I think something that you can, that's a good reference point, excuse me, is to always say, am I uncomfortable or do I feel unsafe? You know, and, um, and there is a difference. So it is important for us to, um, that's a, that's a good distinction distinction for sure. So, you know, we are not called as Christians to live a comfortable life, right? But God has never asked us to put ourselves in an unsafe situation. Right. 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 And so we're not talking about here, whether or not you're uncomfortable, we're talking about ways to set boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. What to say, how to say them. And you can say, I don't feel safe. Or you can just say, I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Phrases that you can use to keep the situation fairly mm-hmm. yeah. fairly calm. Yep. Yeah. And so if but you I'm, are a person that's listening and you're, you are struggling with boundary setting, that's a, that's a, and it is specifically when it comes to like serving in God's kingdom. And when we say serving in God's kingdom, we're not just saying serving the church. No. You know, God calls us to ministries you outside. You mean the church building. The church building. Yeah. yeah God no. calls us to ministries outside of the church building. Mm-hmm. But if you, but that's a good reference point for all things too, is um, even in your relationships, you know, like I know for me, because I have grown up in such an environment that has been very unhealthy, um, what, how I learned how to set boundaries is detachment. Mm. And that's an unhealthy way to, mm-hmm. to set a boundary. And so I've had to learn how to um, not detach from my emotions, but really sit in them and decide, okay, so am I just really uncomfortable or is this an unsafe situation? And that, so, you know, like in marriage, <laughs> you know, marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done, ever done. It's harder than raising kids. <laughs> and I love my husband dearly, but anybody who's married, knows that marriage is hard. But, you know, a lot of the times we've had to push through, you know, um, whether or not this is a, like, am I just uncomfortable or is this not an okay thing? Or, and it's never been an unsafe thing, but it has been uncomfortable. Right. And so figuring out how to mm-hmm. define yourself within those emotions, that's a really, that's a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we, when we talk about establishing boundaries, it's very important that um, we really do say God has never called us to a situation that's unsafe for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so there are people that are out there that maybe, um, <clears throat> and I apologize, I've got a frog in my throat, but it's okay because it's allergy season. <laughs> oh. Um, but, uh, the, when, when you say that, I just want to clarify for this, this family situation that we're dealing with, it also has become, and I should have said that to begin with, it has become unsafe. Right. And you did say that. I did say it. Okay, yes, good. you did. But there are some situations where, um, you know, people are living in domestic violence situations right. and they're like, um, they're feeling like, oh, I can't detach from this and I can't mm-hmm. set a boundary within sure. this or, you know, and, and so when we talk about boundaries, we're not, we're, we need to clarify that there are certain situations that are really unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, setting boundaries is very important. Right. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's a, but that's a really, that's going into a whole another ball game, but yeah. 
So Dave, what do you think about all that? If you could give the listeners kind of a, maybe both of you, if you guys could give the listeners kind of a, um, let's do a pastor mark and do some bullet points, right? Some bullet points? We'll do some bullet points on how to set healthy boundaries. What are some, if they were to write it down, what are some recommendations that you would have on how to set healthy boundaries? Well, I think um, going back to what I said a little bit earlier, Sarah, um, you probably won't ask the question until you get that uncomfortable or unsafe feeling mm-hmm. or one of those feelings. And so when that happens, um, or anger, like road rage, mm-hmm. um, a boundary has probably been crossed, and you need to decide what is your boundary. Is it that person being too close to me? Is it that... But anyway, so you stop and first of all, think about, I had that feeling, what triggered that feeling inside of me? Okay, so that's number one. Right, so you look at that feeling, and then you decide, okay, what was the boundary that was crossed at that point? You know, look when the feeling was triggered, then you decide what boundary was crossed that caused that feeling to be triggered. And then you look, where do I want the boundary to be set? What am I willing to accept and what am I not? In other mm-hmm. words, what do I feel safe with and what do I not? Mm-hmm. And then you decide where that boundary is and you do that pros and cons list that I was talking mm-hmm. about to help you decide that. And then finally you start brainstorming consequences, responses, mm-hmm. either way, that you can make when that boundary is crossed. And then you decide on some and then you try those out and see which ones you feel most comfortable with and which ones work. For example, um, I know that I've had people who have um, felt road rage. I've worked with people who have had struggled with road road rage. And one of the things that was driving them nuts was the person in front of them was going the speed limit. And they want to go faster because either they're late to work or something like that. Um, but they always were getting really close to the person, and the cl- they just would get angry and angry and angrier because that person was blocking them from getting to where they wanted to go when they wanted to get there. And so what do you do? Okay, you now know that your, your boundary, is it okay? Are you comfortable with you know exceeding the speed limit a little bit? Okay, what can you do about the anger that's going on inside of you? And so we talked about setting another goal. Instead of the goal being to get somewhere as fast as you possibly can, Mm -hmm. your goal is to look at your speedometer and decide, I am going to maintain this speed. And and you know what? That worked for so many people with road Mm -hmm. rage to just change the goal that they had. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about things like starting earlier in the morning and all of that. Well, it, they've mm-hmm. tried all of that kind of stuff, but just changing what your goal is. Right. So there are about three steps right there, three or four steps that you can actually take in. You know, we talked about setting down with someone, like you have a good friend here who mm-hmm. you talk with frequently the best. and see. Yeah. Um, you two, you two are really great friends, and you get the chance to see each other almost every day. I think, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when you have a question like, is this an appropriate boundary, sit down with a trusted friend. Mm -hmm. Or I might just say, you know, go find a therapist (laughs) or a psychologist to talk to, right? Right. Uh, A mental health worker, 
Yeah. Um, that's what we're there for, too. Mm -hmm. And you can just bounce off a few ideas with them. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, it goes back to, I think we really need to understand, and you said goal, but it also could be said desired outcome. You know, like, what is my desired outcome of all these situations? And and oftentimes, I think, when we when we really evaluate what our desired outcome is, I think sometimes we, um, then we start to clarify that our desired outcome is a lot of... Um, expectation of the other person. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to reframe that and take that expectation away from that person and into, you know, so um, let me give an example here. So say you have somebody that um, you're no longer talking to. And, um, and that's a, because the situation was unsafe and you're like, okay, so what is my desired outcome? Do, is it that, you know, is it that I want to talk with them again? Okay, so if it is, then what is something that needs to happen in order for me to be able to talk to them again? And, um, and you have to decide then, okay, so what are you comfortable with? So are you comfortable with some of these topics that they're going to talk about? And you can't change. If you do talk to them and they want to talk about, say, politics, <laughs> and you're like, nope, that doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel unsafe. So then what is something I can do in that situation um, that is going to change the course of that conversation without, you know, expecting them to change it themselves. Mm -hmm. So somebody can bring up a conversation about politics to you and you can just redirect the conversation to something else and just talk about only the things that you're comfortable, comfortable talking about. And again, it's being clear. I'd rather not talk about politics. I'd yeah. rather talk about such and such. Mm -hmm. Listening to you two talk, I mean, it sounds to me like setting a boundary has a lot to do with conversation, with, mm -hmm. with um, being clear about how you feel, being mm -hmm. able to verbalize that mm -hmm. um, with other people. Yep. So we should be taking on some of that responsibility as we set boundaries. And sometimes it's really hard to have those conversations. So it is. That, is that where the boundaries sometimes get a little bit muddled because we don't want to have that conversation and set that boundary. Creates yep. tension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'd rather not, I, and that's a nice phrase to use, I'd rather not talk about politics, but I would like to talk about Mm -hmm. And then that gets into a process um, called negotiation. And so you may negotiate with the other person. And then their response, well, I would, I prefer not to talk about that. And that's another good phrase to use. I prefer not to. But I would like to talk about this. And mm -hmm. so you can use negotiation skills. But you started off by setting a boundary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, so <clears throat> to sum up all of this conversation, going back way from the beginning, you know, as we, in order for us to have appropriate boundaries, we have to first, um, as believers, and that's the thing, that's a huge component to this. So if we believe in God, then we first have to recognize that God created us as beings with boundaries. So, um, you know, even our skin is a boundary. It's a physical demarcation line that says, this is where I end and where I begin. So boundaries are recognizing what God has created you for, and, um, and what he is responsible for, so responsibility, and then moving into our relationships with our children, mm -hmm. um, moving into relationships with our friends and our church environment. It's saying, what am I responsible for? What am I comfortable with? And what is my desired outcome? And then constantly working to be in tune with your own emotions, um, because we don't, <clears throat> we don't often do that, right? We don't like to talk, look at introspectively at our own emotions. <laughs> So we have to know what our emotions are, and we have to have people that we can talk to. And God always wants reconciliation. Right. And boundaries are always working towards reconciliation mm -hmm. as well. Um, 
That's a good distinction, too. Boundaries yeah. are working towards reconciliation. Oh, yeah. And I'd like to actually bring up boundaries help us become closer. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a good way to look at it, too. Explain yes. what you mean by that, Dave. Oh, it's <coughs> actually without boundaries, we can't be close. And um, some examples of that are, let's say that you go to the zoo and there's no fence between you and the lion exhibit. Yes. How close are you going to get mm. to the lion? Probably not very close, but if there's a glass wall or a fence between you and the lion. Um, we took Sydney to the zoo and she loves cheetahs. <coughs> and so we always had to go to the cheetah exhibit. Well, she loved it when she would be by the glass because she could sit right by the glass and be as she could be closer to the cheetah than you and I are to each other right now. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. Or let's suppose that you're at the top of the Empire State Building and um, there's a ledge. You go out on the ledge and you look down, you know that fear of height. You know, you're not mm -hmm. going to get very close to the edge. But if there is a wall there, you might be very willing to get close to the edge just to look over mm -hmm. and enjoy the magnificent sight mm -hmm. because you feel safe. Mm -hmm. So boundaries help us feel mm -hmm. safe and therefore allow us to be a lot closer than we would otherwise. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to let you finish it up because I've got some serious voice issues happening right now. <laughs> well, can I, do you, do you have time for me to say one more thing? Go ahead. As I was thinking about this, it struck me. When we are born, um, babies are born with this sense of enmeshment. They feel like they and the mother are one. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what developmental psychologists mm -hmm. have concluded. Of course, you can't ask a baby that. And the first 18 to 21 years, we spend separating, become independent. We find out. Um, babies find out through sometimes painful experiences that mm -hmm. they are not one with their mother. Mother is not always going to be there mm -hmm. to fill every need that they want. Mm -hmm. And so, because when they're in the womb, of course, it is all pretty much just one. And right. once they mm -hmm. come out, they hit the cold, cruel world. And moms like to be everything, but the, and the baby wants mom to be everything. But anyway boundaries slowly start to develop, develop mm -hmm. and they will happen naturally or intentionally. Mm -hmm. Okay, you do that for your first 18 or 21 years, and, you, and, and that's called finding out who you are, mm -hmm. right. developing your own identity, and that comes from how God created you, and it also comes from decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of both of those. Intriguingly enough, after that, some of us develop a rather strong relationship with another person. And what does the Bible say? And the two shall become one. one. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes developing the autonomy, the, the boundaries, the independence, knowing who you are, before you can become one with somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to become one with somebody else unless you know who you are, unless you become your own individual person. And then you can become one with another person. Mm -hmm. And when you become one with another person, um, eventually a new little baby comes along, mm -hmm. at least in some cases. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the process, the cycle repeats. Right. And we use terms like enmeshment, we use terms like codependent, but we also use healthier terms like interdependent yep. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's great. That's might a be great... something for another time, but it's kind of fun to see that cycle. Mm -hmm. And would you say, would you, so maybe this is a subject for another day, but would you say that um, there are some very, I was listening to you as you're describing the marriage, 
to to become one and yeah. you set those boundaries and you become independent. But would you say that there's a lot of truth to the fact that if we don't set appropriate boundaries, that's why some marriages have so much trouble because mm-hmm. they're they're not detaching. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And you respect each other's boundaries. And so you you can actually um, you feel safer when you know that your significant other um, respects your boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you feel comfortable, that's what we said right at the very beginning, um, when you can set boundaries and when you can um, respect other people's boundaries, mm-hmm. those are very healthy things to do. All right. Yeah. Are you going to finish this up, Maria? I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Dr. Dave... Dr. Dave Stoker. That's right. I would like to thank you for being here. We would like to thank you for being here. Um, This man is right full of so much knowledge. You should Mm -hmm. hear his stories. Mm -hmm. Um, He comes in once a week to help me and Ridge Kids, and then he's here every Sunday too. And I just love listening to to the wisdom that he has. And um, so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed the series that we've done on boundaries and that it's been really helpful to you. what are we talking about next time, Maria? Do we know yet? We don't know yet. And that's how it is. We kind of, we, you know, that I want to open it up um, for people to mm. give feedback. What do you want to hear about? Mm. You know, like, is there a topic that you've been really um, thinking on that, that we could really delve into for you? Because yeah. again, this podcast is meant to be for you, for you, focused on things that we're experiencing in our ministries and in our world today. So, and it's a free counseling session for me. So it's <laughs> win win. <laughs> Well, if I can now say thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. I must say that a lot of the wisdom comes from from this. And a lot of what we talked about today actually is based, because before we came on today, we were looking up Bible verses, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything in here. And a lot of wisdom comes from this. And a lot of wisdom comes from the experiences that God has given me. You know that I'm a little older than you guys. In fact, I think I'm more than twice as old as you, Maria. (laughs) But um, God has just amazingly given me so many experiences Mm -hmm. in life with people and in my own personal life. And um, I have only him to thank. Yeah. Only him to thank for what um, he has given me so that I could say what I say and when I converse with you guys. Mm -hmm. And so thank you. But yeah. thanks to him. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Yep. Drop some comments. Let us know what you thought. And uh, have a great one. Yep. Goodbye.